It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's Fixed Shorts with Richard and Jim. Solutions podcast in 15 minutes or less. Are you in a hurry? This show might be perfect. Hi, I'm Richard Davies. Co-host Jim Meggs is away with his band Spite and Dival doing shows in Israel as we record this episode. And here in our studio, we're doing something new. We're calling it Fix It Shorts, shows that are shorter than our usual weekly episodes. This one's about something big that should be but isn't being talked about in our long and very heated presidential campaign. Government efficiency, how federal, state, and local governments spend our money, whether it's ridiculously long security lines at airports or hours standing in line at your local DMV. Government services are often really poorly delivered, the opposite of customer-friendly. Philip K. Howard, the author of The Rule of Nobody, Saving America from Dead Laws and Broken Government, spoke to Jim and me about this last year. First, I asked him about the book title, The Rule of Nobody. What do you mean by that? That we're so scared of anyone making a decision that it's actually embodied in our culture. The most obvious choices at any level are not available because law has supplanted the ability of a real person to make a decision. And this includes matters of life and death. And in The Rule of Nobody... You cite the case of a man in 2011 who was drowning off the coast of Alameda, California. Firefighters are on the beach. They're doing nothing to rescue the man. And someone asks, why don't you help him? And the fire chief says, because of budget cuts, we haven't been recertified for land-based rescue. And therefore, it would be illegal for us to save his life. I mean, really. So, so, so what happened? Well, a woman passing by dives into the cold ocean to try to go rescue the guy, gets there too late. She ends up dragging the body back in. This caused something of a stir. <laughs> so the next day, the press asked the um, fire chief, he said, well, what would you have done if that had been a young child drowning? And he said, I know what I would do if I was off duty but if I was on duty, I'd have to follow the rule. So the rule turned him into an idiot. Yes, yes. And but just last year in D.C., a lifetime Parks Department employee is walking along the street with his daughter, had a heart attack right in front of a fire station. Firemen are standing there. She runs across. I think my father had a heart attack. Please come help me. And they say, oh, no, the, the rule is you're supposed to call 911. These are first responders. No, 911. But he's gasping for breath. I'm sorry. The rule says it called 911. By the time the ambulance gets there, he's dead. Every week, there are stories like this that come out. So 
we have the wrong idea of law. Law is only a framework for human responsibility. It should never replace freedom and human responsibility. Yeah, you talk about automatic laws taking the realm of sort of common sense choice out of the hands of officials. Yeah, law has replaced freedom, basically, uh, including the freedom to take, take responsibility. And then the part of the book that really resonated with me is these are – many cases, these are professionals. You talk about first responders. My wife used to be a teacher and she saw this. I mean there were rules that literally mandated how many examples of your students' work should be on your bulletin board instead of just a general principle that your room should be lively with students' work. Yeah, well, we have a daughter who's a teacher. Uh, they try to program you as if you're a computer. Well, bureaucracy makes people go brain dead. And what makes kids learn is spontaneity and interest and fun and personality. It's the opposite of that. It's the opposite of bureaucracy. So how do we evolve from adding more and more pages to the rule book to setting up these general principles right. and to have some flexibility within those general principles? Well, first let me say I think that the political debate is almost entirely in the wrong dimension. It's not a question of big government versus you know deregulation. In an increasingly crowded, interdependent world, our freedom is enhanced if someone makes sure the air is clean, the toys don't have lead paint on them, they're not terrorists coming in the airports. You know, So we need government. But the question is how it delivers those services. And so what I'm arguing is that law should be much more like the Constitution, 10 pages, general principles, goals, not like thousands of OSHA rules. You say that all laws should have sunset provisions. Explain what a sunset provision is. Well, you know, laws, like all life choices, have unintended consequences. And priorities change in life and such. And so it's incredibly important that laws and regulations periodically expire, not so that we necessarily get rid of them, but so we can reevaluate whether they're working as intended and, and are still high priorities. So uh, farm subsidies from the New Deal... It has been 75 years since any farmer was starving. We're still spending $15 billion a year to subsidize mainly corporate farmers. That's one that actually should be just be scrapped. I mean, this is crazy. Uh, special education, really important law passed in 1975 because before then we locked up special needs kids in horrible places like Willowbrook. Special ed has morphed into a bureaucratic monster that now consumes over 25% of the total K-12 budget in America. There's almost nothing for early education or for gifted children. Is that the right balance? No one's even asking the question. If, if you had one reform that would make schools better, it would be basically take away all the rules and, and let people be accountable because then different schools could do things in different ways. They could invent. They could innovate. Look at the way good charter schools are run. They don't have lots of rules. They have some principles and such. Well, why, why can't a public school be run the way a good charter school is run? Why can't we give the people the presumptive flexibility to do things in their own way? Then they'll be excited when they wake up in the morning. They'll be excited when they go because they own their day. They're not just trudging through the – you know, trudging through the rule book. You know, we tend to think of the U.S. as being a little more laissez-faire and freewheeling than a lot of other industrialized countries, but how, in fact, in many other countries, they do have a more flexible thing. I was particularly struck with the example of the nursing homes in Australia, how they scrap a pretty thorough regulatory regimen 
and replaced it with what exactly? They scrapped a thousand rules, things like food should be stored not less than 15 centimeters above the floor. There should be 0.09 recreational workers per resident, you know, all these very detailed rules. Well, what Australia did is that they replaced their thousand rules with 31 general principles. Have a home-like setting. Respect the dignity of the residents. That sort of thing. And what happened? Well, the experts scoffed. They said these nursing home operators are going to get away with murder. And within a year, the nursing homes were twice as good. American politicians love to say, we're the freest nation on earth. Are we? No, no, clearly not. Um, But when it comes to, for example, the ability to start a business, the U.S. is now ranked 46th in the world in ease of starting a business. Let's say I wanted to start a restaurant in New York City. How many government agencies do I have to go to? You have to get approvals from 11 different government agencies. Uh, One of the reasons we can't rebuild infrastructure in this country is because nobody has the authority to say go. But lots of people have the authority to say no. Yes, and that's the problem. So even the most obvious projects require somebody to do the equivalent of negotiating an international treaty. Yeah, well, you have an interesting example of this, and, and that is that the Obama administration argued, convincing Congress, for a lot of money to be spent on shovel-ready projects, yes. on stimulus. Right. What happened? $800 billion. And, you know, a big portion of that was going to infrastructure. They, they came out with their five-year report last year, and buried in the back of the report was this number. 3.6% got spent on transportation infrastructure. And you, and you say, well... Well, why is that? Even the most obvious rebuilding projects takes literally 47 different permits from 19 different agencies. So we've got this society that truly is the rule of nobody, this this structure. It's paralyzed not because the politicians are yelling at each other, yelling at each other because it's paralyzed. They can't do anything, so what's left but to yell and scream and point fingers? So one solution would be to simplify the rules, to simplify government? Radically simplify government, create checks and balances for important decisions but not rule-based decisions, limit litigation to things that a judge or legislature decides ought to be illegal instead of letting people sue for anything. If you let people sue for anything, then effectively everything's illegal. So that's why we don't have anything left in the playgrounds, like no seesaws, no jungle gyms. So we, you know, not because those things aren't actually good for kids, mm-hmm. but because they will also, from time to time, involve accidents. And in, in our litigation culture, we let anybody sue for it. Well, they shouldn't be able to sue. Yeah. So um, you talk a lot about freedom, why appropriate rules and appropriate legal limits actually enhance our freedom. But one of the points you made was in these highly regulated environments with with endless, endless rules, it also opens the door to all kinds of arbitrary enforcement. It's a a form of society-wide mental illness. So we think we want to create, quote, clear law. So we literally have billions of words of law. So people do understand the Constitution, 10 pages. The Volcker Rule, implementing one small part of Dodd-Frank financial regulation, is 950 pages long. Nobody understands it. I was with Paul Volcker recently. I asked him if he had read it. He said, I tried reading it, but I couldn't get it past the first page. I couldn't understand it. And so it, it doesn't work. Regulation is supposed to enhance a free society by making sure that nursing homes don't fall below a minimum standard and daycare centers have reputable people. But it's not supposed to tell people 
how to do their job, supposed to be an enhancement of everyone's freedom. And that should be the standard. Is this system of regulation enhancing everyone's freedom? It might oversee somebody, but that enhances other people's freedom too if they do it the right way. Instead, what we have is this junk pile of law that's mm-hmm. been in regulation that's been built up over the years. I mean, democracy is really run by dead people. I mean, forget about it. It's, it's not who's in government. Nobody's making a decision. It's all these stupid rules that were written by people who are long gone. And, and so instead, we should be looking at what the results are. Let's, let's make it better. Well, that's government reformer Philip K. Howard on the nightmare of red tape. We need smarter government, he says, not necessarily smaller government. I'm Richard Davies. Fix It Shorts with Richard and Jim. A shorter version of How Do We Fix It? Produced by Davies Content. Find out more at DaviesContent.me. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 